This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. We finally made it through the trial, and it is August the 24th of 2022, and the trial is over in the timeline of the podcast. And when the verdict was read and it was over and we got in our car. I almost didn't know what to do. I was sort of in disbelief that the trial was actually over and that this very long legal process was coming to a close. And it just kind of, it was a huge sigh of relief and also a really confusing mix of emotions, I think is what I remember experiencing. And it's kind of like, well, now what do you do? And the hope at that time, it was a slim hope. It was a shred of hope, but the hope was, okay, well, the jury ruled unanimously in my favor. All of these statements are false and defamatory, so she'll stop. And I'm going to give you three guesses on whether or not she stopped, and I'll give you a hint. The answer starts with no. She did not. She did not stop, and I don't know why we kind of thought or hoped that she might, maybe it was just wishful thinking, but she didn't stop. However, that evening we did celebrate. We celebrated the end of the legal process. We celebrated that the jury, even though they saw a fraction, a fraction in the trial episodes, you heard that there was only up to an hour of video footage that the jury actually saw in a handful of written posts. That's all that they saw. And they still ruled that she needed to pay $246,500. I cannot imagine what they would do if they realized how much footage and defamatory posts there actually were. And perhaps some of the jurors have made their way to this podcast and now they actually do see that. And it's, it's just so extensive, but there was no way for us to bring it all to trial. Even the judge in pretrial had told them that you're gonna have to cut this down. You're gonna have to cut this down. We're not gonna keep these jurors here for weeks on end. And so we did have to narrow it down drastically. And so we were excited that even with having to trim our evidence down so far, and also for me to have my attorney, my main attorney who knew the case, it was her very first ever trial. And she's in her twenties. She's very young. She's very gifted, very intelligent, highly competent and capable, but that doesn't change the fact that she had never gone to trial before ever. And we did have Sarah there, who's a seasoned attorney. And Sarah had gotten this case five days before. So it was very incredible. And we were very excited. And so my family and I, we went to dinner. And I don't think I had laughed that hard in years. 
I would I laughed so hard and this is embarrassing. I laughed so hard that the next day I felt like I had been in the gym doing ab work. And that is that is not where you will find me probably ever. But that's what it felt like because we just laughed so hard. Mom was there, my husband, all of my kids, my granddaughter was there, and we just laughed and laughed and probably caused a scene in the restaurant because we were laughing so hard. But it was just a really needed release that we had. And the following day, I actually went and had a 90 minute massage because I just kind of needed it. And I wanted to just be able to take the day and relax. And so I did. At this point, Todd obviously was pleased that the trial went well. And but he called and he said, say nothing. You cannot say anything because although there is a verdict, the verdict has not been signed in as a judgment. And so there was a whole separate process that needed to happen. And it took some time for that to happen. But once the jury rules, it is the responsibility of the winning party to draw up the judgment. And then you have to get a hearing for the judge to review that judgment. If there are any changes that need to be made to it, you'll have to make changes. And then finally, the judge will sign it. And at that point, it becomes official, but not yet. And so Todd said, you will say nothing. Do not talk to anybody or say anything. Definitely don't post on social media about it. And at this time, my social media had been shut down for almost two years. And so he was just very adamant. Don't do anything. Don't blink. Don't breathe. Just be very still until this is signed into judgment. I did, however, the next day when I was kind of relaxing, I, I missed social media. I missed being able to engage with my friends and knowing what was going on in people's lives and sharing my kids, my social media. Again, it was private, but I still had people and family and friends that I liked to keep up with. And so I reactivated my social media, but I wasn't planning to necessarily keep it active yet. I wanted to scrub it down so that any sort of public view of my Facebook or my Instagram did not include images of my children because of what I had been through and because the one follower had obtained a picture of myself and one of my children. And I just really did not want the public to be able to have access to that. And so I did reactivate. I kind of scrubbed it down, scrubbed my profile down and really locked down my social media. And because previously my cover photo on Facebook had been a picture of my whole family, when I changed it, even though I told it to like hide from timeline or something like that, it still showed up in people's feed. And so my friends and my family at that point noticed that I was back on social media. And so I kind of inadvertently made my presence known back on social media again, at least with just changing my cover photo. And so it was interesting, but it was weird. Like one of my guests has said, the entire relationship with social media has now changed. And it felt very exposed again to be on social media because I had been so isolated for so long. So I just kind of started out with scrolling and looking to see what everyone else had been up to for two years while I was kind of on um, a social media break that I never intended to take. When I did reactivate my social media, I did see that the last post that I had made was on November the 16th of 2022. I had shut my social media down on the 18th, but I had posted on the 16th. I had shared a post from Bob Goff that said, hope doesn't go to sleep just because it's dark outside. It lights a candle and stays up waiting for the rest of the story. 
And I got really emotional whenever I saw that because I didn't remember that that had been my final post to share that. And it just really encompassed what I had gone through. And so to see that come up and that had been my last post, it was comforting. It was, it's almost like my 2020 self knew that at some point that there would be hope again. And so it was very impactful to see that. As expected, the defendant did not stop her narrative. She kept it up and actually acted like the trial hadn't even happened. And so, which is no surprise, but directly after the trial, she was quiet for, I want to say, four days before she made another defamatory post. And post the following Instagram story. Someone had messaged her a DM. And so, like she does often, she screenshotted this and then added some text to the screen. And what the follower had sent says, It's easy because you're a kind person with a kind heart and you have major empathy for people. Those are all pretty amazing traits to have. And the defendant had written on the screen, I've shared my story with many people and it's never changed. There should be better laws that protect people against this kind of stuff and less to protect the bad. I also pray that your heart never skips a beat over anything ugly you ever read online. It's not worth it. So the defendant has carried on the same narrative. She has given no indication that the trial is over. She has definitely not shared that she lost. And also, the verdict has had absolutely no impact on her whatsoever. She is here still with the same false and defamatory narrative. However, I do agree with what she says. There should be better laws against this. And once again, to this day, Meta has taken no action. The defendant still maintains 30 plus, I want to say the last count by my legal team was 38 social media accounts. And nothing has happened to any of those. And The defendant still carries on her defamation, has not even remotely slowed down with that. And that's sort of ridiculous. And so I do hope that in the future, as the Internet does not seem to be going away anytime soon, that there are some more consequences, if not from the laws, because the laws did allow me to win a defamation case, but from the platforms themselves, because this sort of thing should not be allowed. And it happens way too often. Then on September the 1st, the defendant makes a live video once again, right back into her same narrative as if nothing ever happened. So, yeah, I feel like I've been in fight or flight for a long time. But honestly, like, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful I haven't, like, just thrown up my hands and just jumped off a bridge. Because some days, you know, it does feel like... Like, what am I doing all this for? And not even just this, like, you just feel so, like, defeated. And I hate saying that out loud because I know there's a couple people in the world that give that so much, like, weight. And, like, there's a couple people in the world I feel like they get so much pleasure, which is so weird to me from me feeling horrible. But there's so many people in the world that maybe need to know that even as happy as I am that, that I do have a lot of days, especially lately, that I'm just, like, freaking mentally freaking exhausted you know what I mean so it's worth it for me to tell you I've always kept it real on the internet I've always always told the truth I've prided myself on giving the whole truth no you know nothing but the truth to help you God and I've always even if it don't make me look good even if it like makes me look like a complete freaking idiot um I have learned that in the legal system they'll take anything they want to say anything they want that you say and turn it into something negative by showing it out of context, and that's so unfortunate, but I guess I just need to not make any kind of remarks because they'll be used against you 
make you look like you're being ugly and you're not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying like, here we are again. So I'm learning slowly, but also it's weird because like my whole life, I never had to deal with that kind of stuff, you know? And even now you like, don't know why, but I don't try to make sense of nothing no more. I just say it is what it is, but I don't, I could feel myself like slipping away from myself. If that makes sense. Like even right now, like today, yesterday, all the days, like I'm having a hard time. I just am having a hard time period. And I don't want to have hard time. Stop, stop, stop. So tomorrow I'm going to lunch with another boutique owner who's six degrees of separation. Her daughter was actually bullied in high school by someone that I know. And not that I like hang out with her or anything, but anyways, so she is going to tell me her story. So I'm trying to figure out like what my life path is going to be after this. Like, what am I encouraging people that you can get through your parents dying, divorce, internet stalking, trolls, what? What am I getting? What's my purpose? And I think what my purpose is going to be is to encourage people to not listen to the bad things online because there's so much good. And because people who like talk behind a fake name, like it's never bothered me in 10 years. It only bothers me now because it's like so close to home, you know? And so I'm trying to figure out like what's the end goal of my life path going to be my purpose, you know? I don't want to just, sell. I've never wanted to just sell clothes ever. Um, that's always been a means to an end, but I think like still continuing to be an encourager for people, motivating people, which means I have to get through my shit so I can tell you to get through yours, number one, but also like just kind of doing stuff with like internet bullying and cyber campaigns, stuff like that. Like trying to encourage people to like not worry and creating tighter laws for the internet. Like people should not be allowed to say things under fake names on the internet. Like I get on here every day, my real self, my real name, my real everything in front of y'all. And I feel like if you want to say horrible things about people on the internet, you should have to do so with your real name. So in these few clips, the defendant is once again, carrying on her same narrative and saying how she's in fight or flight. She's having a hard time. She gets emotional. And then she says that she's realized that in the legal process that people will take videos out of context and show them. And I would just like to point out, this is episode 33. Some of these episodes have been multi-part. I want to say 22 was six parts. And so it's actually been more than 33 actual episodes that you've been listening to. However, we are in episode 33 and I just am not sure how the videos that she's alleging are taken out of context. How can you take that out of context whenever you are blatantly, openly, publicly accusing someone of all of the things that she has accused me of? There is no out of context for that. And while, again, the jury only saw up to one hour of footage, they also got to see the 399 requests for admission and the retraction letters that contained 458 statements. And you can't take that many statements out of context, but that's what she is telling her followers. And her followers have nothing to refute that at that point. So they just believe her, jump in the comments and start supporting her as usual. She also says that because that her comments were taken out of context that she just guesses she's not going to make any remarks anymore. And once again, that has not proven to be the case. And I truly don't think that the defendant realized that if she would just stop all of this, 
so many of the difficulties that she's experiencing would stop, not completely go away. There are still going to be consequences, but she just keeps going and refuses to admit that she alone is the one responsible for destroying her own life. She then goes on to say how she went to lunch with someone whose daughter was bullied in high school and she's not sure what her life path is and she wants to help people that are experiencing cyberbullying and internet bullying and her followers are right there in the comments encouraging her to become a motivational speaker and go around the country and talk to high school girls about bullying and that's just very disturbing because these followers have literally watched her be the perpetrator in online cyberbullying for, at that point, two years and are telling her in the comments that she should go and be a motivational speaker against that. And again, I just want to caution people, you really, really, really need to do some fact checking of your own before you blindly believe people that you follow on the internet, because your own actions and trying to encourage someone and be kind to someone on the internet who appears to be going through a hard time can have ramifications that you don't realize because that just continues to fuel her. And I really wish that people would take more responsibility for that type of thing. She also says that there should be tighter internet laws. And once again, I agree. I, I do think that all of the defamatory content that she has posted, I do believe that needs to be taken down. And I think that the platforms need to have stricter guidelines. TikTok has extremely strict guidelines and they will take things down, but then other things they allow. Meta allows a wild amount of things that are inappropriate on the internet and that needs to change. Then she makes a statement that she thinks that all anonymous names on the internet should be banned. And Maybe on face value, when you hear that people have anonymous names and they talk bad about people on the internet or they say mean things about people on the internet, and that sounds like a noble cause. Yes, let's ban that. Let's not let people do that. They should have to say things with their own name and all that kind of stuff. That sounds great on face value until you think about that a little bit longer. And I was kind of thrown into this world of snark and that sort of thing because I was accused of being all of these people. And so I've kind of gotten a crash course in what these forums are and why people are there. And again, I've not researched extensively all of the snark forums that are out there. I'm only familiar with the ones regarding the defendant because we had to capture that content for the legal process and also because I was accused of being all of those people. And I don't believe that people should have to give up their anonymity online because of what we have just witnessed across 33 episodes in this podcast. She merely thought that I was doing this and I wasn't. And she has gone on a campaign. Now it's three years. It's three years because she hasn't stopped against me and tried to destroy my life, disrupted my career, disrupted my family just because she thought that it was me. Can you imagine? what she would do to someone if she truly did know their identity and that they had said some things online about her that were not favorable. I, I shudder to think what she would do if she had that information in her hands. And so I don't agree with that statement at all. Do I think that people need to cool it with what they're saying online? Yes, I think that they do. Just because you can say something doesn't mean that you should. And so should people rein it in? Yes, they absolutely should. But should they be forced to go with their full identity? Absolutely not. 
Also, you may wanna ask some questions online anonymously of things that you may not want the public to know, but you need some help. You need to ask some questions about a subject in your life that is sort of private. And I think that that's okay to do that anonymously. But she is here trying to lead this crusade about internet trolls and how people shouldn't be allowed to do that behind fake names. And while I agree that there is some highly inappropriate behavior and there is bullying with people with anonymous names, there absolutely is. But is that all the way around what's happening? No. Is that what's happening to her? No. I've learned that a lot of the people that are on the SNART forums for the defendant have been wronged by the defendant herself or know somebody who has been wronged, or they came across her online and saw that she and her behavior and her mannerisms mirror a bully in their own life. And it makes them angry that she is able to get away with all of these things. And that's why they are in those forums. And so I don't think this is black and white. Do I think that there needs to be improvement? Absolutely. But it's not cut and dry and it's not black and white. And there definitely shouldn't be a ban on posting anonymously online. That is not going to solve anything. Also, the defendant is a public figure. Despite her trying to say that her Instagram had always been private, she had only made it private shortly before her deposition in 2022. And today it's public again. So if you are a content creator, an influencer, an online personality, have a platform online of any way, shape, or form, there are going to be people that don't agree with you. There are people since I started this podcast that don't agree with me and have said things on forums. They have left reviews on my podcast. And guess what? That's okay. I don't ever want to shut down any opposing opinion. I want to actually have a conversation. We can disagree and still be respectful. And I think that because the defendant being public and she posts very controversial things, she posts very polarizing things at times. And when people try to comment on her own social media, they are just deleted, blocked, banned, however you want to call it. And that also upsets them. And then they might wander around the internet and find the snark forms about her and go, you know what? There are other people that have experienced this too. It's a commonality that people have. And so those things are going to be out there. If you are putting yourself publicly out online, you need to be prepared for anything that might come along with that. I had to think long and hard about that before I even launched this podcast. I have gotten nasty DMs from the defendant's followers. And that's all something that I was prepared for. I signed up for this. Not saying that it's okay if people were to harass me or, you know, dox my family or things like that. That's obviously not appropriate, but I do know that there are going to be people and there are people who don't agree with what I'm doing, don't agree with what I'm saying. And there are people who still don't believe me, which is probably a different conversation for a different day. But if you are going to put content out for public consumption, there is going to be people who don't agree with it. And that is how I think a lot of the SNARK community started. On September the 2nd of 2022, this was two years to the day that I had resigned. This post was a series of pictures that the defendant made on September 2nd of 2022. And on the screen, she writes, did you see yourself in these pics? And on surface value, that doesn't seem alarming, disturbing until you see the pictures. The pictures that were shared were in a collage format. And the largest picture in this collage is a picture of myself and my entire family. 
It is myself, my husband, my daughter, my two sons, and even my granddaughter, who is a baby in this picture. And I was livid because one of the entire reasons that I had shut down my social media was because that follower had gotten a picture of my son and I did not want her followers who were believing all of these lies blindly with no proof to have access to myself or my family or know anything about us. When I reactivated my social media, the first thing that I did was scrub everything down so that my children's faces wouldn't be seen, so that information about our family wouldn't be available. And then she goes and shares a whole picture of my entire family with my children in it and says, did you see yourself in these pics? This is disturbing. It's very, very, very disturbing. Why would she share that picture? It was extremely alarming and it really, really, really upset me. And I asked Todd, what can we do? Like, this is insane because now her followers have been believing this narrative for two years. They hate my guts and think that I am literally Satan. And now she has shared a picture of me and my children. And it just felt really, really violating. Is there anything illegal about that? No, but it's also just not okay. And Todd said, unfortunately, we are in a gray area because from the time of the verdict to the time the judgment is signed, there's really, we're in, I think he called it legal no man's land. We couldn't really send any more retraction letters because the issue had been litigated at that point and wasn't quite a judgment. And so any defamatory statements or disturbing content that she made during that time, unless it was criminal in some way, there was really nothing that we could do. But it was very upsetting to me at the time. It upset my family. And I think that that was something that she did just to play further mind games with me. Then on September the 9th of 2022, the defendant made another live video. And I'm just going to play a short clip from that one as well. <laughs> I was somewhere and the lady was like, to her 20,000 followers. And I'm like, there's 99 people on the video, ma'am. Calm down. But also, like, 20,000 followers is a lot? No. I mean, imagine if my Instagram wasn't private. For 10 years, I've, like, told every detail of my life on the internet and had no problem with it at all. And then, all of a sudden, people that are suing me for a million dollars are on my husband's witness list, and they're on his. Like, this stuff just doesn't make sense. But I'm crazy for ever thinking that there was something going on. So I just want to take myself out of the equation. Everybody can take whatever they want from me. Just let me start over. Just leave me alone. Please get away from me. God, I don't know how I'm ever going to make that happen. But somehow, and I guess the way to make it happen is to not always have to spend so much time on the Internet. I'm content with, like, what I could do just from, like, my old storefronts. So maybe I need to go back to that. I love talking and I love being around people and I love dressing up people. So maybe I just won't be online as much and then there's no access. So pray that all that stuff works itself out. At least I'm not as confused anymore. I mean, it is what it is. But I love you guys and I appreciate every single bit of it. I hope I get to see you guys this weekend at the warehouse hill. It's on the 17th from two to five. So here, once again, she is into her same narrative pretending that the trial never happened. She references Sarah because she says that she was somewhere the other day and the lady was like 20,000 followers. And you've heard the court transcript and Sarah did talk about that extensively. And then she makes another comment and says, people that are suing me. 
again, the lawsuit was over at that point. H had settled and my trial was over and the jury unanimously ruled in my favor, but she's carrying on the narrative as if nothing ever happened. And then she said that she doesn't think she's going to be on the internet as much. And once again, I will give you three guesses. And the hint for this is she absolutely did not get off the internet or minimize her time on the internet at all. And then like clockwork, like clockwork, she's doing this live video and here it is, shot my sale. Huge warehouse sale, hope I can see you. And so she's once again using defamation for profit as has been her standard business practice for the last, at this point, it had been two years. On September the 30th of 2022, my legal team filed a notice for our judgment hearing to be set. And so on September 30th of 2022, we got the notice that our hearing for the judgment would be set for October the 24th of 2022. Then on October 18th of 2022, the defendant made an Instagram story, and this was a written post where she had written text on the screen. And it says, disclaimer, a page from my book. Sorry about that. You know, sometimes it just comes in waves like today. Even the idea that I should lose everything to people who are lying, people I thought I'd spend my life with, people who told me I was crazy to think they're working with bad people, yet here we are. They're each other's witnesses, but I must be crazy. No one protects you. I've learned that. I've literally built my business around being so kind on the internet and doing the right thing, always finding the positive, even when I feel like I'm sinking. So to know that someone I thought I was spending my life with is working with someone who has made a career out of this and no one is listening. And I'm supposed to be quiet while they say what they want anonymously and get away with it. It just makes you feel like you're absolutely freaking drowning some days. And the expectation is to get back up and do it better than yesterday. It's gut wrenching some days. It's just money, truly the root of all evil. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. So she makes this big post referencing myself, referencing her ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband at this point with this same narrative. And the only reason that I bring this post up is because I'm really sick and tired of how the defendant uses faith as a weapon. And that was something that I really struggled with a lot because she would try to tie that into a lot of her posts. And truly, there is nothing that she will not use at her disposal as a weapon. She will do that. And so I am there trying to maintain my own hope in my own faith. And I have to see whenever she posts these things about all of these Bible verses, and I will see the goodness of the Lord. And that also, a lot of her audience, that's her demographic, is faith-based, typically conservative women. And so they eat this up and oh, I'm praying for you and good always wins and what's done in the dark will come to light. And it's just really frustrating how often she uses faith as a weapon. Then on October the 24th of 2022, the hearing happened. I did not attend that hearing. It was just the attorneys and the judge did ask Elizabeth to make one change to what she had written up as the judgment. She did that. And so then he signed it and the verdict was officially made an actual judgment. The judgment document is shorter than the verdict. It just sort of summarizes the questions and their answers. And then it lists the final amount of what the defendant's 
again, there are two defendants, the defendant in her personal capacity and the defendant's business, what they owed. So it's a pretty simple document. And I think when Elizabeth sent it over, it had said draft. And so since the judge agreed with what was in it, he asked her to remove the draft watermark and then resubmit it. And then he went ahead and signed it. And so at that point, a couple of things happened. Number one, it was final, final. And I could speak and release a statement. And also it started the clock on defamation again. So before we were in this legal no man's land because we were in between judgment and verdict, but now that the judgment is there, any further defamation we could use. Again, we would have to start over and start a brand new lawsuit. But at that point we could use that defamation. And my legal team did continue capturing the defamatory statements at that point. Also, once the judgment is signed, the clock starts ticking on the appeals process. And so if the defendant had wanted to file an appeal, and she has since indicated that she did want to, but was unable to, there would have been a period of time after the judgment was signed that she was able to do that. Two days later, on October the 26th of 2022, I did release a public statement and I just posted it on my Facebook, but I made this particular post public. And that post says, as many of you know, I have been involved in a defamation lawsuit against another party since November of 2020. On August 24th, 2022, in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, a jury of 12 reached a unanimous verdict, which was signed by the judge as a judgment on Monday, October 24th, 2022, as follows. Number one, this person published statements pertaining to me. Number two, these statements were defamatory. Number three, these statements were false. Number four, this person knew or should have known the statements were false and had the potential to be defamatory. Number five, I sustained injury to my reputation, suffered mental anguish, and incurred medical bills because of these published statements. Number six, there was clear and convincing evidence this person knew these statements were false. Number seven, this person was ordered to pay exemplary damages as penalty or punishment as an example to others for their conduct. I am very grateful to my husband, my family, my friends, my attorneys, and the legal process for bringing the truth to light. Please do not seek out or contact the other party or say anything negatively regarding this. The verdict speaks for itself. And I attached the picture of the final entry in this case where it says that the case is closed. And that statement was taken mostly just from the verdict and judgment, the questions that the jurors answered in the charge of the court. And that was all that I said at that time. Obviously, I had a lot more that I wanted to say, but at this point in time, that was the extent of what I had said ever publicly about any of this. Once I had reactivated my social media, I got a Facebook message from a woman. She was the moderator of one of the Reddit communities that discusses the defendant. And I opted to talk with her and have a conversation with her because these people had been invested in my life for two years. I did not know them and they did not know me, but they saw what was happening. And at first, I think that it was mildly entertaining or perhaps more than mildly entertaining. But then at some point they started to realize the humanity of this. And my mom has talked previously about how she became a member of that Reddit community just so that she could read what was being said because if her daughter was being accused of being all of these people. She wanted to know what was being said and what it was about. And occasionally if there was something 
posted that she thought that I needed to see, she would screenshot it and send it to me. And so I just want to read one of the posts that one of the members of the Reddit community had written that actually was very comforting to not just me, but also to my mom during this process. The defendant and many influencers and online creators will talk about internet trolls and how they're just evil people and they have no life and who would do that? Who would say these things anonymously online about other people? And again, like I said, is there a lot of that? Yes, there is. Does it need to be reined in? Yes, it does. However, that's not the entirety of what actually truly happens in these forums. And this is just an example of that. And so this person writes, she's talking about a post from the defendant. And this person says, yikes to her comments directed at Crystal's church. Does she not understand how Christianity is meant to work? How do these Christian ladies following her not see that they're threatening and bullying themselves? I'm not sure most of them understand snark, so I will break it down. Snark is generally lighthearted, although because the defendant is so horrible, many of us have shifted to disgust. And it's observations on internet personalities and celebrities. In this community, you will be banned if you disclose that you're posting on pages being discussed as that's harassment or trolling. If you don't do anything snarkable, you won't generally be snarked on. In this community, people are quick to white knight when people get particularly profanity or unfair. Maybe snarking isn't nice, but it's far less terrible than what the defendant and her fans are doing. They are bullying, admittedly harassing, and trolling two women based on one liar's interpretation of events. It's disgusting and they should be ashamed. Anyway, I digress. I hope this house of cards falls for her soon. She is continually getting away with outrageous behavior. And whilst I can't look away, I'm finding it more and more difficult to watch. And before the defendant or her minions tells me to get a life, we're in a global pandemic and my country is in a lockdown. I have lots of free time because I'm being a responsible adult. H and Crystal, literally hundreds of people are rooting for you. Keep on keeping on. This will pass. And as her followers keep saying, karma is a profanity. She'll get hers. So I just wanted to read that because those are the kinds of messages that my mom would send to me and they would be comforting to us. And this person is a real human. This person has observed the defendant and her abusive behavior towards H and I online. And that is why she writes about the defendant. She is appalled by it. She is appalled by not just the defendant, she is appalled by her followers and she shares her opinions online. I don't see a problem with that. And this person also says that if there are people in this community who do engage in harassing or trolling behavior, they will be banned from the community. So that's not their intent. Their intent is to discuss and have a conversation about what they're observing from the defendant. These people were invested in my story, invested in my life. We're praying for us, H and I, we're praying for our families. There were actually some people who were in law enforcement who would comment certain things and say, I hope that Crystal and H know that this law applies or this needs to happen next in the legal process. There were actually attorneys in these communities that would make those sorts of comments. And so while the defendant wants to paint it as a picture of these, you know, trolls who just sit in their mom's basement and write hateful comments, that's not what these people are. Are there some communities like that? Perhaps, but not this one. And so I think it's important to really showcase the humanity here because this group, they have one thing in common. They are not huge fans of the defendant. And since they have been in this community, they have become friends. Some of them know each other in real life. They share 
heartaches and struggles they share when they have family members pass away or someone has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Truly, they're connecting. And that's what people, I think, innately want to do. The thing that has brought them together is unfortunately the defendant and her appalling behavior in their opinion. But that is what brought them together. But it's it's truly a community. On October the 28th of 2022, my mom chose to make a post in this community, in the Reddit community. And of course, she checked with me before she posted anything just to make sure that it wasn't inappropriate or going to cause any issues legally or anything like that. But she really, really wanted to make a post as my mom and talk directly to the people from the community and also just sort of a public message to the defendant and her followers as well. And since the defendant had been talking about how people should have to speak under their own name and they shouldn't be able to have anonymous names, my mom says in this post that she is my mom. When my mom created her Reddit account, she was assigned a nonsense username as you typically are. Whenever you sign up, you are given that name. It's not like you have to click a button to say, I want my name to be anonymous. They assign you a username. And depending on how you set your account up, you can change that. Or sometimes if you sign up using Google, I want to say, or something like that, you can't change your name. And so my mom has one of the names that you cannot change. However, in the Reddit communities, there are what are called flares and that flare will go under your name. And so my mom asked the moderators to make her flare be Crystal's mom so that when she posted and that nonsensical username was there, it also underneath it said Crystal's mom so that people would know who she was and that she was the one saying these things. My mom's post says, a message from Crystal's mom, Deanne. Following the unanimous verdict on August the 24th, we were given permission by the judge to discuss the trial and verdict. I won't use her name, she is the defendant. Imagine for two years, almost every day, your child was being bullied and you couldn't say or do anything about it. There was this person, the defendant, who made a decision one day to start defaming your child on social media day after day, and had a group of thousands of followers that called themselves her army who accepted the lies and defamatory statements as fact without any verification. These followers, her army, also threatened physical violence against your child. This person's posts on social media would be shared to over 200,000 followers at a time over and over again. To make even more impact, the defendant tagged the maximum number of people allowed, including naming Crystal's church and people from our hometown in her defamatory posts on social media. I realize my child is an adult, but my feelings are the same. I am her mom. My heart was hurting. I was angry and heartbroken. This has been my reality. As I would review and watch every live video story and post that was being made by the defendant, I was in disbelief reading the comments and that people would believe the defamatory accusations. So many of them were strangers, but there were also people that knew my daughter in person. They had attended church with her and stayed in her home, traveled with her, seen her character and life with her family, and suddenly she was enemy number one and should be beat up, handcuffed, and thrown in jail after being shamed and made to walk down the street while people threw rotten vegetables at her. And all of those were direct quotes from the followers' comments. All this hate and anger towards Crystal with absolutely no verification of these defamatory statements. I would think surely the defendant would stop talking about her, but no, every day she would add more and more lies to the story. My truth, she called it. 
and the army blindly believed it. And then they would tell the defendant how strong she was, what an inspiration she was, and that my mean daughter needed Jesus and was going to hell. She would incite her followers with her stories of all the crazy things happening to me, and there would be many physical threats by her army. Profanity whooping, throat punch, wring her profanity neck, kick her profanity, punch a profanity, beat your profanity, go find her and take care of business. Again, those are all direct quotes from the defendant's followers. One follower said, I'll bring the shovel. Another one quoted the lyrics, I'm going home, going to load my shotgun, wait by the door and light a cigarette. You want to fight? Well, you've got one. The defendant called Crystal names, crazy, troll, disgusting, gross, psycho, dumb, dumb profanity, devil, Satan, idiot, profanity, Captain Crazy Profanity, stupid, evil, over and over again. The defendant said she was being terrorized. She would call my child a criminal and tell her followers to use the coupon code felony. Call Crystal a stalker and say she has to look in her back seat when she gets in her car. The defendant posed for a selfie in front of the FBI office on Justice Way and talked incessantly about having to work with the police or go to the police station and turn over laptops to the forensic lab implying criminal activity. In reality, she had already been given a lengthy police report that said there was zero criminal activity. She emphasized to her followers many times that she had proof and receipts, including keylogger reports, security camera footage, Apple experts, and binders and binders and binders shown on her stories. The most bizarre and unbelievable lies that her followers blindly took as her truth was that Crystal was every person on Gomi and Reddit and would log in and out and talk to herself for over 10 years before she had even met the defendant. She repeated this in her posts, stories, and lives over 200 times. She justified this to be true because there isn't anyone who doesn't like her. Just to be perfectly clear, Crystal has never had usernames on Gomi and has never commented on Gomi or Reddit. Crystal has never made a disparaging comment about the defendant on any social media. She isn't Jake from State Farm, Catherine Taylor, Canadian Pop-Tart, and she is not T. Crystal swore under oath in her deposition and repeated again on the stand during the trial multiple times that she did not have any usernames on Gomi and had never commented on Gomi or Reddit, and the defendant has never had any evidence of this. Yet, the defendant made a post after the first day of the trial saying she had to listen to untruths all day. A reminder that lying under oath is perjury and is a felony and punishable by up to five years in prison. Who would risk prison over usernames and saying mean things about someone on the internet, not my daughter. In the beginning of this horrible mess, I just kept asking, how can all these people believe her crazy lies? Then I decided I would go read the Reddit thread. If she was accusing my child of being every person on Gomi and Reddit, then I wanted to read it. I created a username to read, and you can check my profile under comments, three total, to see that I never commented anything bad toward the defendant. As I read the comments, it was obvious the people on the Reddit thread saw through her lies. You all knew the defendant was lying about everything. It was oddly comforting for me to come to this thread and read. I have to be truthful that the profanity and some of the mean things bothered me, but I kept reading because I found that so many of you had been treated badly by the defendant. Many of you saw my daughter as someone who would finally stand up to her. In November of 2020, the defendant began a campaign to use her social media as a weapon to destroy my daughter's reputation and ruin her. After multiple delays by the defendant, the trial finally happened August 22nd through August 24th. After two days of testimony, the jury decided unanimously that the defendant had committed defamation against Crystal. The jury awarded a sum of money to Crystal, but the most important result of the trial was the unanimous verdict showing proof 
that she did nothing wrong. All Crystal did was quit her job. Literally, that is all. From the beginning, everything the defendant said about Crystal was made up. Everything. There was never any stalking, terrorizing, hacking, colluding, or trying to destroy her business. Also, the defendant had not submitted one piece of evidence for the trial to prove her claims. Not a keylogger report, no camera footage, no forensic accountant reports, nothing from the FBI or the Texas Rangers, and not one finder. Saying multiple times on social media that she was gathering all of her evidence and she had all the receipts again was a lie. During the whole process of preparing for the trial, we never feared that any evidence would be found that would implicate Crystal in anything because we knew she had done nothing. There was nothing to find. The fear we did have was that Crystal or her family would be attacked or harassed by one of the defendant's followers that blindly believed her. This is still a concern today. In court, the defendant's lawyer asked Crystal's husband on the stand if he ever got harassed or attacked when he went in public and he said, no, not physically, but every time I go to the store, I am mentally attacked because I think it might happen. I wanted to share the public post about how liars create the illusion of truth because that's what she did, kept repeating the same lies over and over. Not only did she lie about everything, but her followers and friends accepted and even supported the lie. Let me be clear. No one has to blindly believe me just at my word. A jury in a court of law listened to both sides and the jury verdict was unanimous. The defendant was guilty of defamation. I am asking, please do not reach out to the defendant concerning my statement or make snarky or derogatory comments on any of her social media related to what I have said. I would like to ask the moderators to delete any comments talking bad about the defendant on this specific thread. I wanted, no, I needed to say something. If you knew me and the strong bond that I have with my daughter, Crystal, you would know that I have demonstrated superhuman restraint as it pertains to being quiet. I have tried not to sound too harsh or mean toward the defendant in this statement, but it is very hard when there is so much untruth and meanness that is directed at your child. I want to state firmly that through all this, we have never wished ill will on the defendant or wanted bad things to happen to her. I am very proud that Crystal stood up for herself and would not back down. My mother raised me to stand up for what was right, but to do so with character and always keep the faith. Watching my daughter go through all this, I feel proud that I have instilled those same traits in her. She has a very strong faith and a loving, supportive family and friends who were there for her through this nightmare. The most hurtful and offensive thing said about my daughter was that she needed Jesus. My daughter is beautiful, confident, brave, intelligent, a loyal friend, professional, funny, and a Christian. I wish you all could know her in real life. I am honored and blessed to be her mother. I welcome anything here you would like to say to her. I will be sure she sees it. The public post that was actually written by one of the defendant's followers that my mom shared with this post says, how liars create the illusion of truth. One lie, blindly accepted without verification, without checking off back, but believed out of habit, bullying, fear, or convenience can destroy individuals, families, communities, and even nations. And if you choose to accept and support the lie, you are equally as morally responsible for the damage created as is the original purveyor of the lie. Like I said, that post was actually written by one of the defendant's followers, a very prominent follower, the one who often refers to me as a serial extortionist and is right there in the comments on most of the defendant's videos and posts. And it's ironic that she talked about liars and the people who blindly follow and support the lie. And so mom actually thought that was very fitting because it's true. Everything that that says is true. 
people who perpetuate and support that lie are just as responsible. After mom made her post on Reddit, the defendant did go silent for a little while, maybe a few days. I don't have the dates in front of me, but it was just a short time. And during that time, mom received a lot of very supportive and comforting messages on her post from the Reddit community. And I started thinking about making my own statement in the Reddit community to not only shed light on a few things, but also I really appreciated the fact that they believed me. I mean, they had to believe me because they were accused of being me and they knew that they weren't me and I knew that they weren't me. But also it was comforting to know that there were actually people out there who weren't believing her lies, who knew the story. And so during that time, I did discuss with the Reddit moderator and I created a Reddit account that I could set my own username because I was very, very, very adamant that I wanted my username to be crystal underscore writing because I didn't want there to be any question of anything that I had said. I wanted it to be widely known that that comes from me. Anything said comes from me. And so I made sure to make that type of Reddit account. Earlier in this process, I had clicked continue with Google at one point. And so there was another account that I had that I never posted on that I had inadvertently created whenever I was trying to read a thread. And that was it. That's an unused account. So when I made my own Reddit account. I made sure to make it to where I could set my username and that my username would be Crystal Wrighton. I also wanted my own flair. So my mom's flair in the Reddit community is Crystal's mom. And because one of my coping mechanisms is humor and sometimes can be a little bit of dark humor, I tossed around the idea of having allegedly Satan as my flair because I have been accused so many times of being the devil, Lucifer, Satan, the Antichrist, all of those things. And it's pretty comical, honestly, like it's, it is offensive, but once you get past the offensiveness of it and really think about how truly ridiculous that is, especially, and I'm not a perfect person, but <laughs> I'm pretty boring. And so to be accusing me of all of those kinds of things is pretty ridiculous. And so I actually asked for my mom's approval because I didn't want it to be inappropriate or anything like that. And it's it's just meant to be a joke because I'm I'm not actually Satan. Again, it's the one accusation that I can't prove with proof that I'm not actually Satan. So you're just going to have to take me at my word here, but I am not in fact Satan. But I asked that my flair for the Reddit community be allegedly Satan. In fact, whenever Elizabeth was drafting all of the retraction letters, the one allegation that she really enjoyed the most was all of the allegations that I was Satan. And so when she would write that portion of the retraction letter, she would say, there is no evidence that Crystal Wrighton is the devil incarnate or something like that. And so we did get a chuckle out of that. So hence, allegedly Satan. And so sometimes if you see me in the Reddit community, that will be under my name. And that's kind of the backstory of how that happened. And a lot of the flares are funny. And a lot of the flares actually pertained to my case. There's one that was keeper of the binders, driver of the black van. That one might've been my personal favorite flare because the defendant would often talk about my black van and how she had to look around to see if there were black vans around when she was driving. So the flares were just kind of comical. And honestly, on hard days, mom and I, she would tell me some of what the flares said and they would make us laugh. And 
So it was just kind of a source of comfort and humor for us. Then on October the 31st, this is a few days after mom made her post on Reddit, the messages were very positive and supportive for us. And so I did decide to make my own post on Reddit. And the title of my post says, Crystal Speaks. I've struggled with what to say, mostly because there is so much to cover. I'll start by saying, this is my first ever post on Reddit. You'll notice my username is my actual name and I will never comment or post under any other name. To this day, I have never had a username or posted on Gomi. My mom always said, act in such a way that if people were to speak badly of you, no one would believe them. My mom would also tell me, character is doing the right thing even when nobody is watching. I realize she may not be the author of these quotes, but she would say them to me over and over again, so they are cemented in my brain. I have quoted these so many times in my life to employees, friends, and especially to my own children. I have tried to live my life this way, not to say that I've never had a bad day or made a choice I regret, but overall, I have lived by these mantras. On November 13th, 2020, it felt like no matter how I had lived my life, all one person had to do was fabricate a campaign of lies, and suddenly my character meant nothing. The defamatory statements by the defendant were horrifying, but by far the worst part was seeing endless comments of people that believed her. I was going to link some here, but it's still too painful to look at them even just briefly. And I do want to point out that throughout this post, whenever I made a statement, I did link to a video or picture of what I was saying, because I've learned that part of a trauma response when you go through something like this is the need to prove absolutely everything, which is also why I've done the podcast the way that I have done it. And the Patreon subscribers get access to all of the documents because I never wanted you to have to just take me at my word. I wanted to show actual facts and evidence. And so I did that in this post as well. I cannot describe the physical and emotional roller coaster I was on. For the first time in my life, my body was overcome with anxiety that required immediate medical intervention. A previously very outgoing extrovert, I no longer wanted to leave my home, and ultimately I began seeing a therapist to help my mental state and navigate the ongoing trauma I was experiencing. I was in the final stages of the interview process of an almost six-figure dream job. I had multiple interviews, including with the COO, and was told that I would hear from HR soon. Then suddenly I never heard from them again. The threats of violence by followers flooded in, and one follower commented with a picture of me and my oldest son to refresh everyone's memory about what I looked like. The follower had cropped my son out, but it was still terrifying to know that these people who believe these horrible lies about me could so easily access my family, so I removed myself from social media. My husband, who is a very laid-back Caribbean, patient, and logical man, immediately purchased and installed security cameras in and around our home in an effort to protect our family. The only guns in our home were our boys' Nerf guns, but we had a plethora of baseball bats from years of Little League that he placed around the house so we could defend ourselves with something if it came to it. I took solace that our dog Max barked if he heard so much as a leaf blowing outside our door. I thought at least we could check the cameras in whatever area he started barking and plan an alternate exit. My youngest son's school is only 0.4 miles from our home. The defendant's warehouse is across the street from his school. She mentioned on more than one occasion that she was leaving him in her will, which made us uncomfortable, and as a result, we were afraid to let him walk to and from school. That continues even today. Our neighbor and good friend was a teacher at our son's school. He came over that Monday to ask what was going on because some of his coworkers had read some things about me and knew that he was friends with our family because my son was always in his room. I sobbed at the thought that my son's teachers would potentially believe the lies. 
how did this happen? How did we get here? What in the world is going on? I'll back up a little to try and make sense of it all. Several years prior with my previous company, I was a vendor at Kyle Omega Christmas Market and the defendant walked into my booth and started talking to me. She seemed nice and told me about her company and I started following her and the company on social media. After a while, I started buying some of her clothes and being plus sized, I'll admit I enjoyed the vanity sizing. I also liked that women in her Facebook group would share their selfies and they didn't have perfect bodies. It was encouraging. I started shopping even more and more and began to post my own selfies, which led me to develop some friendships within the group. Admittedly, I spent quite a bit of money, and at some point, the defendant even started reaching out to me, seemingly to strike up a friendship, which seemed common for her and how she ran her business. In the fall of 2018, she asked me to dinner and spent the dinner venting her frustrations about her employees. I listened and tried to give her some business advice. I had co-owned a business previously and had managed employees for years, so I gave her some strategies and suggestions to try and help her. Then in April of 2019, she reached out again and told me she needed an operations manager. I told her I would either help her find someone, help her while she found someone, or I could do it myself. And she said she liked the option of me being her operations manager. Again, her warehouse was only 0.4 miles from my home. And even though the pay was significantly less than what I was used to, I thought if I could help grow her business, I'd eventually get back to the salary I should be making. I had a heart for small businesses and entrepreneurial CEOs and was excited to get in there and get started. There were some red flags within the first few weeks, but it was directed at other people, not me. So I figured this was just residual frustration from the prior employees she had mentioned. I immediately began organizing and putting processes in place to streamline things to make the operations more efficient. I worked long hours, but kept thinking if I could just get things streamlined, it would get better. Not long after I started working for the defendant, she told me about a website called GoMe. I had no idea what it was, but she seemed pretty focused on it and told me all about the trolls. I noticed she would often speculate about if someone was a troll, and I would tell her she didn't need to worry about what people said. I told her another quote my mom used to tell me, you can't control what other people say or do, only how you respond. But the trolls appeared to remain at the forefront of her mind. By the fall of 2019, there were some major red flags, but again, I thought it's just stressed, and if I can fix X, Y, and Z, it will be better. It wasn't, and in March of 2020, I wrote a letter of resignation because rather than handling an issue with me privately, she posted about it publicly. It had to do with my body shape and how the new denim fit me. I was humiliated, but again, I ended up staying. Things got better for a few months. Despite the pandemic, plans and processes we put into place were being followed and business was going well. I took on more responsibility with accounting and was able to provide more in-depth analysis in an effort to help guide the business. However, I was still working long hours, and then the plans and processes stopped being followed. My attempts at having meaningful business conversations were not successful, and ultimately I decided I wasn't willing to share my knowledge and skills with someone that seemingly didn't value them. Although I put a lot of effort to do everything I could to help the defendant and grow the business, the hours I was working and the frustration I was experiencing exceeded the compensation I was receiving. Based on some of my prior experiences, I decided the best thing for me to do was to resign and go no contact. I had never resigned from a job effective immediately in my life, but I felt strongly that this situation warranted such a resignation. I wrote a lengthy email with the status and direction of anything I was doing or overseeing and emailed it simultaneously with my resignation because as a professional, I didn't want to leave anyone high and dry. Because of my prior experience with the defendant when employees would leave or be let go, I anticipated there would be some drama created and there would be some things said about me that weren't true. When I told one of the employees that I was leaving effective immediately, I said something along the lines of, I would like to ask 
that if you hear things about me after I'm gone, would you please just think of your own experience with me and decide whether or not those things sound like the truth? I never dreamed it would grow to this magnitude. On September 2nd, 2020, I walked out of the warehouse a little afternoon, I think. I removed all work-related apps from my phone and logged out of any sort of work-related accounts. I said nothing to any customers because it was not my place to say anything. This was the defendant's business and it would be up to her to tell them I was gone if and when she wanted to. I remember I got a few direct messages from customers and brand stylists after I left and I answered them as best I could, not letting on that I had left until one asked me something I could not answer. All I said was, I'm no longer there and I'm sorry I can't answer this. I moved on with my life, not having a clue I was about to be blindsided with nonstop defamation and social media attacks for almost two solid years. I'm trying to only speak for myself in this, but obviously this involved more than just me. On November 13th, when the post started, it had been over a week since I had any contact with H. So when I saw the first post, I was dumbfounded. It made no sense that H would have confirmed any of these things about me because she knew none of these things were true. I just kept saying, I know she's lying about everything she's posting about me. She has to be lying about H too. For the record, I continued to have no contact with H in any way, shape or form through the entire lawsuit process. She did join my lawsuit as an intervener and our attorneys corresponded, but she and I had no personal contact. I've also had zero contact in any way, shape or form with a defendant soon to be ex-husband since the day I resigned. The last contact I had with him was copying him on my resignation letter and the email where I laid out the status of all my responsibilities. I was stunned during the defendant's deposition when she claimed H and I were on his witness list. I'll refrain from saying what I wrote down when that was said because I know my mom is reading this. Additionally, I am in no way a serial extortionist. I was co-owner of a successful business for five and a half years, and when I left, there was a breach of contract regarding our operating agreement and my former business partner, and I went to mediation to settle things. It wasn't friendly at the time, but we have corresponded since, and I wish nothing but the best for her, her family, and continued success of the company. There are so many false allegations that I would like to address specifically, and I will at some point, but not in this post. There is also so much to elaborate on, but I have tried to summarize some key points. If you have questions, ask them and I will do my best to answer, but understand that I may choose not to answer some of them at this time. Please understand that I am not here to say anything negative towards anyone, and I would appreciate it if there were no negative statements made about the defendant as the verdict and judgment speaks for itself. My therapist is adamant that part of my healing will come from finally being able to speak for myself, and that is why I am here. And as for my mantra, I've modified it slightly. Even if you act in such a way that if people were to speak badly of you, no one would believe them, some people might believe them anyway. The betrayal will hurt you deeply, but maintain your character while you stand up for yourself, no matter how long it takes. And remember, you can't control what others do and say, only how you respond. So that was my post on Reddit. And I did get a lot of questions and a lot of support from the Reddit community on my post, as well as what we had received from mom's post. On November the 7th of 2022, my mom decided to take her post that she had made in the private Reddit community and she decided to make it in a public Reddit community because the defendant had begun saying that there was false information out there and fake documents being shared. And so mom decided to make her post public in the public Reddit community so that some facts could be out there for people if they wanted to search for it. On November the 8th of 2022, the defendant's final attorney in our defamation case filed as intervener in 
the defendant's divorce because they apparently were unpaid. And they filed as intervener in the divorce so that when the judge in the divorce case was deciding division of assets, they could be paid what they were owed at that point. It was around $55,000. Then on November the 18th of 2022, the defendant made another post with her same false and defamatory narrative. And it says, I wrote a huge post about how I have to go to mediation next week and give him half of what's left of the parts of my business he didn't ruin and half of my life savings, aka the money I made from selling the house I never wanted to or what is left after he agreed to give some to those awful women, but not to me to defend myself against them. And how exhausting counting everything I own in that warehouse was so he can have what he says he deserves and how frustrating finding receipts for stuff he took from me is and how sickening it is to know I'm curating a beautiful list of everything I have ever worked for just so he can do exactly what he told me he wasn't doing, divorcing me, all because I accused him of working with them. But really, it doesn't matter. It's almost over. And he can freaking have it if it means he'll leave me alone forever. I know he won't. I know he will still talk online under a fake name. He will still feed her info as he has all this time. He will still not let my kid have access to his computers or a key to his home or even let him stay there alone when we never had a problem with that before. I know he will still lie to his family and his girlfriends. I know he will still watch everything I do, praying I fall apart again, but that's just it. I won't. I'm done losing. I'm done falling apart. I'm done praying my jewelry, designer goods, or cash miraculously shows up. I'm done wondering why so much debt was ran up behind my back and he doesn't want to be responsible for any of it. I'm done listening to him say he never benefited from my business or that I stole eight years of his life forcing him to work for me. I know, LOL, I know. I'm done letting him blame my child, child's friends, or even the housekeeper for stealing everything I lost. I'm done wondering why he turned the cameras off in our house. I'm done trying to make sense of the lies. I'm done wondering why he slept upstairs for months or why he went to the dear lease almost 16 weekends in a row last year, but not this one. I'm done protecting him from investigation. I'm done saying I know what it looks like, but he isn't smart enough to do something so horrible. I'm done praying the women suing us for a million dollars aren't actually his witnesses for our divorce. They are, and he is hers. I'm I'm done letting him control me. It's just money. It's my money. And he will have to live with the fact that he did all of this for my money for the rest of my life. His mama will too. So you, sir, can freaking have it. Just get the profanity away from me. I will earn the money back tenfold, but you will never be able to say I've ever lied about a single thing. You will never take this smile away again, not for all the money in the world. And then like clockwork. Happy Black Friday, friends. Just about everything I have left to my name is now 70% off or more. Thank you for being here for me during the worst two years of my life. I pray we can rebuild bigger and better than ever and never again without a prenup. Please share this post on your feed. Thank you again. And then she signs it with her name. Among the comments in this post, several of her followers are commenting, asking how to shop and trying to get the coupon code to work. And then someone comments and says, she is such a liar. Why are any of you buying her rags? She's literally lied to each and every one of you. And then this person posts screenshots of the jury verdict that is public record. And then one of the followers comments and says the bots are in full force. And another one says never trust your profile without a picture. Do more work next time on looking real, not only on your Facebook page, but on those lame profanity documents you shared. And then someone else comments and says, so I see, and then names myself and H have joined us with their profanity rendition of quote, 
receipts, unquote. Move on, you aren't even good at this. And then someone else comments and says, I cannot imagine a life so boring that I would choose to spend my time at this level of crass negativity. I pity these people. They are bottom feeders. Just one more thing to be thankful for that I'm not them. Someone else says, you are interesting to choose to hang out in a women's fashion group under a blank profile. I have zero respect for anyone who posts opinions, remarks with anything other than their verifiable name. It is cowardly behavior showing you know what you are doing is wrong, showing you would be ashamed for others to know what you're doing. Go away and stick with the other bottom feeders and dark side dwellers. Your opinion means nothing. And so since some of the followers were saying that the documents were fake, this person included the website, the public website name on these screenshots of the documents and says, official enough for you. Then someone else comments, another follower says, I'm beginning to lose track of how many flying monkeys there are in their bag of tricks. I mean, the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz would be impressed. Unbelievable how much time these people with no actual profiles have. And then the person sharing the document says, actual court documents proving that she's been lying for the past two years and y'all still defend her, it blows my mind. Keep sucking up though, because you can be her newest BFF soon since we all know she cycles through those frequently. And then the this person also says, I am not Crystal or H or the defendant's soon to be ex-husband. That's the problem. She has lied to all of you and has you thinking everyone else is the problem. What successful business is hosting a sale and hasn't shown her face all day? If you choose to spend your money with a business like that, that's on you. I think it's just sad that she claims to be a girl's girl and she's anything but. Feel free to get a Trellis account and you can read all 100 plus pages of the lawsuit. Trellis is one of two public sites that you can purchase all of the documents on. So the defendant had not only started Started telling her friends and family that the documents were fake and that I was lying, but her followers were also buying into this narrative. And so when someone, and I don't know who the person was that was sharing those documents, but when they did, the followers jump in and attack them and say, oh, these documents are fake and you should do better and those kinds of things. And so it was really disturbing because obviously we know that the defendant was lying about me and age and all of the things that she had lied about. But the fact that she was actually lying about the verdict and saying that the documents were fake and that her followers were buying into that narrative and also commenting and saying the documents were fake was pretty outlandish because it's just public record. So it's really easy to refute a lie like that. And so the fact that she was still lying about that is, it's pretty disturbing, but she did. And this is also really indicative of her following. And I've referred to it before as a cult-like following. And it is a blind cult-like following. The followers who were commenting back to this person didn't even bother doing their own research. They are just going off of what she has told them, which is another reason. This is why the social media influencer, content creator can become so dangerous is because people do not fact check on their own. And so not only do I caution people to not do this to people like the defendant has done, but truly it is going to take everyone, everyone, you listening to this, me speaking, we have to fact check the people that we listen to. We have to, we cannot, there is no more blind following and just believing what people say, not after what I've been through. And you can see how dangerous it can be. Because it was very evident that the defendant was not going to stop defaming me. Because it was also now evident the defendant was lying to people about the result of the trial and about what all had happened. I decided I was going to do more than speak out on Reddit. And I made the decision that 
I did want to tell my story and I chose the podcast platform for it. I didn't start recording it right away, but because we had received so much support from the Reddit community and gotten positive responses to the posts from mom, the posts that I made, and then there was the group of local people who did a meetup. We went to that, answered some questions. There were people that are not local that also wanted to do a meetup. And so mom and I organized a Zoom call so that I could chat with them and answer any questions that they may have as well. And on those Zoom calls, I did announce to the people who attended, and there were a lot of people who attended. I did not document that because I wanted to be sensitive to people's anonymity but the entire screen was full of, the little Zoom screen was full of boxes and people talked and told how they came to know the defendant and how they knew my story and all of those sorts of things. And I told them that I was planning on launching a podcast and I wanted to get some feedback about that. And I kind of talked to them about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to present it with being factual and all of those sorts of things. And so we did have a couple of those Zoom calls. And through that, I created a very small group of people that I had started talking to regularly who knew my story and were on Reddit. And those people became sort of my team to help me record the podcast. And those people are on all of the recordings and help me catch me if I say something, if I say a name, because I'm, I'm still very adamant to protect people's anonymity, not just people on Reddit, but the defendant and H and the defendant's now ex-husband. I want to protect their anonymity as well. And so I get that sort of help from them as well. And so it's really been a very interesting turn of events and how I have met a lot of these people. And it's a pretty wild story. I joke that if and I think I've said this before, but if I was ever in public with some of these people that I am very close with now, and we were ever asked how we met, I think we would just have to, I don't even know what we would say. <laughs> it would be so wild. On December the 2nd of 2022, the defendant made an Instagram story, and you've heard her reference her, at that point, soon-to-be ex-husband's mother. She's referenced H's mother. She likes to pull people's moms into this. She also referenced Steph's mother and that sort of a thing. And this time she also references my mother. The confidence is supposed to be quiet, but let me just tell you, this is so disgusting. Like on 79 levels of disgusting and everybody that was helping you, I swear to God, I hope every one of y'all end up in prison. You're disgusting. Oh my God. This is the most disgusting you, I, I am so stupid. I'm so gullible. I'm so, I literally was like, there's no way he's smart enough. You disgusting human. Oh my God. There, there won't be a soul on this planet that will not know what you've done when I'm done with this. This is disgusting. I thought I was going crazy and I wasn't. I knew I wasn't. I can't, I'm not even mad at myself. I'm like disappointed and how stupid. And to my, and, oh, I tried to do the right thing, tried to do the nice thing, tried to look the other way for almost three years now. I mean, really since 2017. And there's none of that. There's not a single person that helped you that I will have mercy on. There's not a, oh, I, oh God. 
everybody telling on everybody. So, uh, gross. Mm. You can make fun of my binders all you want, but that's what got your ass caught. What you know and what you can prove are two different things. But when you can prove what you know, that's the best thing. You know what I want when all this is over? I want both of your mamas to, I want all three of y'all's mamas to apologize to me. That's what I want. I don't, I don't accept their apology. I don't give a f all of them. I want them to have to say, I'm sorry. My child was wrong. You were right. And then I want you to have to apologize to my child. This is just, oh God. No wonder, like, oh, oh, sh I don't even know what to say. I still think you're stupid. I still don't think you're smart. You're clearly stupid if you thought you were going to get away with this forever. You really did, huh? Right up to the wire, huh? You just thought I was going to lay down. No, my revenue's up 164%. Write that number down if you want to. 1,014% more orders than last year. Looks like I'm not sinking too much, huh? When I get my ass back to work and I stop feeling like I'm a crazy person because of all this stuff, look what happens. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to work. Not for revenge, not for any other reason besides I'm not crazy, I wasn't wrong, and I knew, I knew I would be able to prove it one day. Oh, my God. So she was clearly fired up about something. I honestly have no idea what, but she was once again hollering about this proof and how she was now going to be able to prove it and how all three of our moms should apologize to her. And she's referencing myself, H, and her at that point soon to be ex-husband. So in light of all of these things and the fact that she was lying about the case and claiming documents were fake and all that sort of stuff, I had said that I wanted to do a podcast and I also launched falseanddefamatory.com. And I launched this before I started recording the podcast and I just wanted to get some documents and facts out there because the fact that she was lying about the verdict and fake court documents, there was no telling what else she was lying about. And she had been lying about this whole time. And so I wanted a way to show some facts and evidence before I could start recording and release the podcast ultimately. So on December 5th of 2022, I launched falseanddefamatory.com. And on falseanddefamatory.com, I listed the verdict and the judgment and I listed portions of the defendant's deposition, what she had said versus what she said in her deposition all of the contradictions and things like that were on there. Now, because I had been defamed for so long, this was at that point, it was two years, over two years at that point, I wanted a way to where if someone did a Google search on myself or on the defendant, that they would make their way to the truth because she had been lying about this for so long, so publicly, I, I wanted the internet to lead whoever might look this up to the actual truth. And so I did purchase a few other domains besides falseanddefamatory.com, and those are pointed to falseanddefamatory.com. I purchased the defendant's name because she had started going by her maiden name at this point. She had already shown that instead that even if she lost one of her platforms or one of her social media accounts, she would just start another one. And I believe that because by that point, she had 32 social media accounts. And actually, I think by that point, she had gotten a couple more and she had started talking about some other business ventures that she wanted to do. And she talked about the names of those on her social media. And so I went and looked to see if those domains were available and they were, which 
just if you're going to start a business, you need to make sure you secure the domain name before you start talking about it with people, especially on social media with thousands of followers. And so because I knew that she had already defamed me across multiple platforms, multiple accounts, I also know that she is not going to stop. And so if she is going to try and change her name or change her business name or change all of these things, I still wanted a way for people, no matter what she calls herself or what she calls her business, to find their way to the truth. And so I did purchase additional domains and all of them point to falseanddefamatory.com where people can just read the documents for themselves. They don't even have to believe anything that I say. They can just read the facts and evidence for themselves and use their own logic and reasoning and draw conclusions. The defendant just said that she's never going to stop until everybody knows. She has said that before. It was one of the videos played at trial. Everybody's going to know. And she has kept that promise. She has not stopped talking about that to this day. And now we are over three years past not just the verdict, the judgment, we are past the three-year point to when she started her campaign of lies against me. She has not stopped or slowed down at all. Because the defendant has been so outlandish and unpredictable in terms of there is no limit to what she will say or weaponize. And so because of that, I kind of had to think strategically and I had to be a little bit creative in my thinking. And during the two years that I was off social media, during therapy and those sorts of things, one of the things that I did that my therapist actually suggested for me is I watched some documentaries on cults and how they are formed and the people that believe blindly the lies that they say and that sort of a thing. And when I was going down that rabbit hole, I actually watched another Netflix documentary and it's called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. And this documentary was about someone online who was doing some really, really horrible things, really, really, really bad things. And throughout the documentary, there was someone who made it his mission to kind of combat online bullying. And what he did in this is he somehow, and I can't remember all of the details, but he convinced the person who was committing all of these horrific acts and posting all of these things online to sell him his website. I can't remember how, I just remember that that is what happened. And then he took that website domain and pointed it to the truth about that person. And so that was a very interesting thing that kind of stuck with me. And so when all of this was happening and I was just blown away that after the verdict and judgment, she continued to do all of this. And I made the decision that I was going to have to think creatively to really try and clear my name online after all of this. And not even after all of this, because it still goes on today, that I needed to make it to where if someone starts searching her name, my name, any of the new businesses that she was trying to start. She was changing her personal name. She was changing her business name that they would still find the truth because if she was going to continue to defame me across all of those profiles and even make new ones, I wanted a way that no matter what she tried to change her name to or her business, that people would find their way to the truth. And so I purchased those additional domains and they all point to falseinddefamatory.com. On falseinddefamatory.com, I made a series of blog posts and they're still out there today. You can go and look at them. I haven't made a blog post in a while. Maybe I should have been kind of deep in podcast work, but 
One of the posts that is particularly powerful for me is called the magnitude of the defamation. And in that post, I share a calendar that was created by my legal team during the legal process of every single day that the defendant had defamed me through the discovery deadline of the lawsuit. And I don't even think there's one full week from November of 2020 to the discovery deadline that was in July of 2022 that the defendant did not defame me. And like I said, it still continues even today. So thank you for listening to this podcast and for sharing this podcast. And I was actually just having a conversation today because the defendant continues to defame me. She was defaming me yesterday. And this person is frustrated because it doesn't matter the consequences that the defendant has faced. She will not stop defaming me. And so I just wanted to say thank you and please keep sharing because my only recourse in all of this is to just share the truth as far and wide as I possibly can. And so for you listening, I'm very thankful, but also just sharing. It's a crazy story. I know it's very exhausting. And like one listener said, it is an immersive experience. You will be exhausted. You will be mentally drained. You will be emotionally drained. You will be frustrated. You will be infuriated at times. It can be triggering at times. There is blatant abuse that you will hear at times. It is disturbing, but I want to stress the importance of sharing what happened, but also the importance of standing up for yourself, no matter the cost and no matter how long it really takes. At this point in time, we have reached the end of 2022. The trial is over and briefly, I thought the defamation would be over, but that has proven to not be the case. But This journey still isn't over. There is still more to come to this because as of December 31st of 2022, the defendant had made no effort to pay her judgment. The judge signed the verdict into judgment on October 24th, 2022, and the defendant acted like that had never happened. No efforts had been made. And so there is still more to go in this legal process and more to go in this journey. I'm going to try and limit the amount of footage that I show from the defendant going forward. However, she still does actively defame me even to this day. And still to this day, Meta has done nothing about it. Meta has allowed and continues to allow the defendant to defame me on a regular basis on their platforms. And that just continues to be very, very disturbing. And that has to change. Next time on False and Defamatory. You can't do that. You can't just tell people you don't want to pay something. And then, first of all, that is lying. Second of all, no, you don't make a million dollars from selling your house and then be like, I'm not paying any of my debt. No, you are. And so on one hand, she's saying, oh, I would never not pay my debt. That's just wrong and horrible. While admitting that she is willfully making the choice to not pay me. On January the 11th of 2023, the defendant filed a motion for continuance. My attorneys were now able to file as intervener in the divorce case and request the judgment to be paid from the trust account. Her witness was him. He was not at the trial. So she's saying that here, that he was my witness as if he was there, but he actually wasn't and she knows that. Oh, so they just didn't call him. I thought they were going to, they said they were going to. They did this together, both of them. Crazy thing was, how did she know I was home that day? Did my husband tell her? It's fucking disgusting.
It is the job of a process server to find you and serve you with legal documents. And the first place that they are likely to go is your home. We didn't get to bring up any of that in court, just FYI. Actually, we brought up zero things, not a single thing, not a post, nothing. Like she even tells y'all on her troll site that they didn't present a single piece of evidence to defense. You're right, they didn't They didn't show a single troll post. Don't worry about deleting your posts, sis. I already screen recorded them just like you do me. The difference is I told the truth and I still am and you're lying full of shit. You and him, both y'all, disgusting. She has to answer for the fact that I have said that there was no evidence, and so her new narrative is about to be that her attorneys were negligent, and she is admitting that there was no evidence, but she is saying that it's because her attorneys were negligent, not because she didn't have the evidence. You know what's crazy is I met with a forensic person on the 17th of February. Parked in front of me at Walmart on the 18th of February. That crazy his last post about me was February 24th. You do the math, because that's the facts. Go look at my stories. The reason that my last post was on February the 24th is because three days later, my attorneys filed as an intervener in their divorce case, and I was in legal proceedings again. I'm not lying. I've never, I've never even embellished. I've never exaggerated. I've never even, like, said something thinking that's what it was, and then not had receipts for what I've said. No, every single thing. She thinks that she has all of this proof, but when she describes the proof, it is actually not proof of anything. My old employee said uh, it was a sketch when she was Mrs. Spreadsheet Queen. Yeah, that was another thing. And I'm not really sure. Apparently, uh, according to that comment and the defendant's response, being fluent in Excel is indicative that you would be an internet stalker or troll or hacker or something to that effect because if you know Excel, it's definitely suspicious. How did you lose the lawsuit? I had absolutely a horrible attorney. The attorney that did not help me was the law firm and and I do not recommend them at all. I don't care what anybody has said. I don't care what a judge or jury or anybody has said about it. The fact is, I was never allowed to say the stuff I'm saying right now in court. You can't appeal because you only have 60 days to appeal. And I tried to, and they wanted half a million dollars for representation. The only thing I can do is file a malpractice suit, which you also have to have money for. So I, I, I have to either represent myself or pray that there's somebody out there who will go, oh my God, she's telling the truth. Just let me reiterate one more time. If you guys follow any of her accounts, I will block you. I swear to God, and I'll never unblock you. And I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how much money you've spent at my store. There's literally somebody who followed her a couple weeks ago and she spent thousands of dollars at my store. And she's like, I don't understand. Sorry, sis, gotta go. No. There is no way for her to know who goes to my website. There is no way for her to know who views my social media accounts. There's no way for her to know who listens to my podcast. There are plenty of anonymous ways where people can get the facts and evidence of this case. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could actually 
accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.